questions and answers. Most historians and religion teachers believe that Jesus was a great moral teacher and a man with great teachings, like many of the founders of the world's religions. However, Dr. Gary Habermas argues Jesus is unique from all other religious leaders in eight significant ways. So what does make Jesus unique among all other religious leaders? You're tuned to Evidence and Answers radio broadcast with your host, Pat Zucran. Pat is an author, teacher, and international speaker in the area of Christian apologetics, the defense of the Christian faith. In today's broadcast, Pat and his guest, Dr. Gary Habermas, will discuss the uniqueness of Jesus here in part one of this interview. You're listening to Evidence and Answers, where we provide compelling evidence for faith and hope in Christ and biblical answers to the issues of today. Well, there are many who view Jesus as a human, another great religious leader. Well, how is Jesus unique from all religious leaders of world history? Well, to help us address this issue is Dr. Gary Habermas. Gary Habermas is a distinguished research professor at Liberty Theological Seminary and Graduate School. He is the chair of the Department of Philosophy there at Liberty University. He is an author of over 40 fantastic books. Uh, I have about half of them, more than half of them on my shelf, including The Evidence for the Historical Jesus, which is at the top of my list, The Case for the Resurrection, which comes right under that, and Beyond Death, Exploring the Evidence for Immortality. And now he can add to his resume, Movie Star. Yeah, that's right, Movie Star. Uh, in that uh, movie, Case for Christ, with uh, Lee Strobel there. Well, Gary, welcome to Evidence and Answers once again. Well, Pat, I'm glad to be on with you. It, it's just it's just a thrill, and it's a good, great topic, and uh, you've got a good audience. This is just all wonderful. Yes. Now, Gary, you know, today it's more important than ever to understand the uniqueness of Jesus. But why is it important to understand just how unique he is from any religious leader? You know, Pat, that's a good question. I do resurrection and afterlife and things like that more frequently, but I'm doing more and more messages on the uniqueness of Jesus. And when I heard you in that intro, you said a lot of people think that Jesus is a unique prophet. And I'm thinking to myself, you know, I often give a list of eight, at least eight ways that Jesus is unique, and many of them are backed up by really good evidence. But the first one on my list, I would say, Yes, it, that is true. People who say Jesus is a great religious founder, or maybe they might say a great ethicist, like my friend before he passed away, my late friend Anthony Flew, back when he was the world's best-known philosophical atheist, he used to call Jesus the leading moral the leading moralist, the leading ethicist in the world. So he's at least that, and. And every religion, the main view in every religion is that Jesus was at least a prophet, at least a wise man, at least a very generous person. So I would start there. I would say, yes, Jesus is that. And yes, he's more. If he weren't more than that, Christianity wouldn't be around. But but we can at least start there because that much is true. Yeah. So let's begin with, you know, what is the evidence for Jesus? That he lived? Yes. You know, there are many who teach that Jesus is a legendary figure. Right. You know, or, you know, I mean, what evidence is there that we do have, you know, an accurate record of Jesus sure. and the things that he did? Sure. Let me say before I answer, just today I picked up a journal 
And I didn't even know this when I opened the journal up, <laughs> but the journal published an article that I had written, and that surprised me because I was I went to the journal to get another article that I really wanted to read. And in that article, myself and uh, Ben Shaw, my teaching assistant, who has a PhD, by the way, he's well-researched, well we did an article published in Philosophia Christi. It's a philosophy religion journal. And what we said in the title got some attention because we claimed in the title that agnostic New Testament scholars have decimated the mythicists who are not scholars. In other words, the agnostic guys who know their stuff, they're agnostic, but they go after the guys who are called now their name for themselves is mythicist. They don't think Jesus ever lived. But if so, just before I say anything, and I'll go on as long as you want on this, but if the agnostic New Testament scholars, and this article was mostly about Barman and Maurice Casey. Now, Casey died, I think, at 014, and we were talking about a book he did, like, just shortly afterwards. But Casey and Ehrman are both at least agnostics. Ehrman has some issues. He's an atheist. And they go after these guys, the mythicists, and they say, you guys don't have a leg to stand on. And in this, this one book by uh, Bart Ehrman, who is an atheist slash agnostic New Testament scholar, Bart Ehrman, the textbook, Pat, reads like, as long as you exempt the things that you know he's going to say, He's not going to say Jesus was raised from the dead, although he's going to say the disciples thought he was raised from the dead. But he, the rest of the book reads like an apologetics textbook. Wow. It, it, yeah, it does. Yeah. And uh, for example, he's got a chapter where he gives the name of the chapter is basically, I'm paraphrasing it, but it's basically the two knockout evidences for the historicity of Jesus. Now, he gives a bunch of them through the whole book, but he says the knockout arguments are two. And the first one is, we have 15 sources for Jesus within 100 years of his birth, which is very fair, a very fair amount of time in the ancient world. I mean, you think about our earliest biographies of Alexander are just about 300 years later, and our best biographies of Alexander are 425 years or later. I'm not picking a bad case. The case for Alexander is actually not bad. But you look at Jesus, and we have these sources from right after, I mean right after. Bart Ehrman says we have sources from one to two years after his crucifixion. But of the 15 sources for the crucifixion of Jesus, four or five of Bart's sources are not even in the New Testament. So for people, the mythicists who say, well, you're reporting a New Testament book to me, so you're prejudiced. Bart Ehrman says, first of all, he said, it's not true because it's in the New Testament. He says, you forget who I am. I'm, I'm an atheist. I'm an agnostic. It's not true because it's in the New Testament. It's true because the only portions I'm reporting from the New Testament are the ones that are evidenced. So, so he has 15 for Jesus. The second best evidence for Jesus is that Paul not only claimed to have met Jesus on the way to Damascus, but he had meetings with Peter, James, the brother of Jesus, and John, the best-known apostles next to Paul himself, including Paul himself, the big four, Peter, Paul, James, the brother of Jesus, and John. He had sit-down meetings with those guys for days, first chapter of Galatians and the second chapter of Galatians, and skeptics always admit that those meetings occurred. So he knew and interviewed the eyewitnesses, because see, people are going to say, well, Paul didn't see Jesus, at least not that we know of. 
No, but he interviewed the people who did, and in the context, he was specifically asking questions about the truth of the gospel, which is, and that is a bearing on this show, the truth of the gospel has to do with the deity, death, and resurrection of Jesus, and Paul knew the top witnesses. So Bart Ehrman says there are the two knockout arguments. We can go on and do others. I do 12 sources for the crucifixion, and I give a dozen and a half within 150 years after the crucifixion, and not a single one is in the New Testament, and not a single one is Christian. Yes. Now, there are some people who are not familiar with historical studies, and they say, 100 years? Oh, 150 years? Well, that's a lot. That's a lot of time. <laughs> yeah, right. Until, until you ask... Who are the best guys we have in the ancient world, and what is the gap between their death and the earliest sources? Again, let me, let me just repeat this. Bart Ehrman says we have a number of sources. I can give them to you if you want, and I can explain them. But they're from the New Testament. But Bart Ehrman says they're highly evidenced from the New Testament. In fact, they're so highly evidenced that it's basically a unanimous consent among atheist and agnostic New Testament scholars that this stuff is legit. And we have those, Bart Ehrman dates them, one to two years after the cross. Now, if you, you say, okay, you said Alexander a moment ago, and you said 300 for Alexander, and the best sources are four and a quarter. Who's better than 300 for Alexander? Well, Suetonius, Tacitus, two well-known Roman historians, two of the best, they report about Julius Caesar, and they tell us what the Caesars did, but they're writing after they're writing uh, almost 100 years after Jesus died, talking about people who lived before Jesus. So Tacitus and Suetonius, if you're talking about Julius Caesar, they're writing about Julius Caesar after well over uh, 100 years, and they're writing about Caesar Augustus about 15 years before Jesus began his public ministry. That's how long the gap is. Now, if you mean other religious books, when we get into this area, Pat, this isn't even my eight areas where Jesus is unique. It's just, we can say, for example, the earliest source we have for the Bhagavad Gita, the uh, main source for Krishna and Hinduism, I understand from a major text, a religious text, not a Christian text, that the earliest source we have, the earliest copy of the Bhagavad Gita is over four thousand years after Krishna was supposed to have lived. The Upanishads, over 1,800 years after they were written. Zoroaster, okay, we're getting way better now. Zoroaster, his main theological text is a thousand years after he died. We can go on and on and on. There's just nobody in the ballpark compared to the New Testament. Nobody. Yeah, and you throw in Muhammad, you're talking about 150 to 200 years. Yeah, you're talking about the Hadith, right? Yes, uh-huh, the Hadith. Oh, now, now, you know what? One of the leading sources on religion say that people say the Hadith is about 100 to 150. But they say what's interesting about that is this is their source. I don't know if this is true or not. But the religion source says no major Islamic group accepts the same Hadith. Right. Why don't they? Because there were different ones written at different times, and the source says the latest of the Hadiths were not written till five to 600 years after Muhammad died. That's a Hadith, and I understand that's not the Quran, and the Quran is valued more highly. But actually, the Quran says very little physical stuff. I mean, you know, physical data about Muhammad. Yes. I'm not criticizing that. I'm just saying you have to go to other sources because the Quran says very little. Yes. Gary, today there are New Testament scholars that pretty much dominate the 
university and high school campuses now who are involved in what's called the search for the historical Jesus. Many say there is the Jesus of faith, one who did miracles and rose from the dead. And then there is the true Jesus, the real Jesus of history. And the two are quite different. Right. It's about the search for the historical Jesus. You know, what is it all about? And it seems sure. this group makes Jesus appear as just another good teacher. Right, right, right. Well, you know what, I'll, I'll say the, the next line. Now, you, you mentioned I've written over 40 books. I'm not trying to say, look at me, I've got books. But if somebody, when they hang up, they could say, oh, it's easy to say what this guy says on the air. Uh, where does he back this up? Okay. The book, The Historical Jesus, my book, Historical Jesus, the one that gives 18 sources over 150 years, they meant it, and that mentions, those sources mention 50 things about Jesus or the earliest church, and none of them are Christian. Okay, that book is still in print. That can be purchased from Amazon, The Historical Jesus. And a couple of the key chapters, including the one that gives the secular sources, that's on my website. It's free. That chapter's free, so I'm not trying to make a buck. GaryHabermas.com, that chapter's downloadable. And when you first go to my website, GaryHabermas.com, you see three free ebooks there. And the very first one is a book that compares Christian sources to the sources of all the major world religions. So you can get this stuff, you can get it with the sources, and I try very hard in these books to use whenever possible. If I'm going to talk about Hinduism or Buddhism, I get Hindu or Buddhist experts to do the talking. So this isn't just, you know, Gary Habermas saying this stuff. So yeah, they, they often dominate the, the airwaves, but what really bothers me, Pat, I mean, I've, I've got a fair amount of this in that little ebook, and that ebook is free. The one of the supernaturalists of, on these, what's supernatural about Jesus. They often do this. They'll, they'll go to the New Testament and they'll say, oh, yeah, but I'll only give you uh, 25 of the key facts about Jesus. I'm going to reject the rest of the Gospels. And then when you say, all right, well, let's talk. Let's talk just about those 25, because I can get the deity of Christ from those 25. I can get his crucifixion. I can get the fact that the disciples believed he appeared, and they turned the world upside down. They were willing to die, at least, and some of them did die. I can get all of that from those verses. And here's how the argument often goes. Yeah, well, what's so special about that? Buddha did miracles. What's so special about that? Krishna claimed to be divine. Okay. And here's where you want to say, time out. But what Buddhist sources say Buddha did miracles? Oh, I don't know. I've just heard that. Yeah, right, right, right. I've got a book on my shelf by a Ph.D. Buddhist. It's called Buddhist Scriptures. All he does is edit. He edits and introduces a number of key Buddhist books. And here's what he says on the first page. He says, for you Christian readers, I don't have what you all have. Our religion can't match up to you. He literally says, you have the words of your Lord. We don't. You have the words of those who studied under your Lord and those who studied under them. We don't have any of that. We do not even know what Buddha taught. We have traditions. He said almost every source that I'm editing in this book, he said almost every Buddhist source that I have here, the best ones in his estimation, were 600 to 800 years after Buddha died. In other words, twice the distance of Alexander. So that's that one on Buddhism. And you can do this time and time again. I already gave you examples of the Bhagavad Gita, of Zoroaster's theology. There's no comparison. In fact, I'll tell you this, Pat, for people who say, yeah, that, that 
100 years, and that's, that's Bart Ehrman, that's the atheist New Testament scholar who thinks that's a good time. You go, I, they go, a lot of things can happen in 100 years. Okay, let me cite Paul Barnett. He's a, um, an Australian historian, and he says he's got a trilogy on the historical Jesus published by a major, major publisher. And he says in there that no ancient person, not just no religious person, he said the gap between Jesus and the earliest sources is earlier than for any other ancient person in history. Yeah. Now, you know, what do we do with that? I mean, people can keep saying, oh, you're prejudiced. You're just prejudiced. Well, look, if, if I'm trying to introduce you to my best friend and I think he or she should make a great uh, husband or wife, you can say to me, well, that's just your view. That's just your view. I don't have to do that. Yeah, he or she may be nice, but that's just what you think. Well, fine. I'm not making you get married. I'm just trying to present some data. And that's really what's going on here. I can present data about Jesus. I'm not making you go to the altar, so to speak, and say, I do, to Jesus. That's what the New Testament means when it says believe. It means to be totally committed to him. Better or worse, richer or poorer, sickness and health, the death that we part. That's what our vows say. And Christians make a promise to Jesus. But I'm not forcing you to do that. So when people get angry and bothered and say, oh, that's just your word. All that's a paraphrase for this. I don't know how to answer what you just said. Yeah. Yeah. When you study, you know, the historical evidence for Jesus Christ and the historical reliability of the Gospels, you know, that's one of the things that coming out of a Buddhist background that really persuaded my thinking to really consider Jesus Christ and the things that he did. Yep. When we're talking history, too, because this Buddhist guy with the Ph.D. who's doing the Buddhist scriptures, he's trying to be he's trying to put Buddhism on the best foot, too. But he just starts out saying, I can't compete with historical stuff. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I think that's you're talking about Conzi, right? Edward Conzi. You're yeah. exactly right. It's a penguin book, which is a secular publisher. Yeah. A secular publisher by a Buddhist author. Yes. Yeah. And that that's a good book. That's enough. It is good. Gary, you talk, there are eight ways in which Christ is unique. Let's go through some of those. Just briefly summarize them for us. Now, now actually, Pat, I brought a few in here already, but do you want me to start by just going down the list real fast and putting the others? I did one Mm -hmm. that is universally acknowledged as being a great prophet and or ethical teacher by everybody else in the world religion in the religions in fact i think he's the only founder of a major world religion who's viewed that way and the other religions here's seven more meeting it making a total of eight i'll just read them and they all start off by saying jesus is the only founder of a major world religion who he's the only one who taught his own deity and you go no way Buddha must have done that. Well, you know what? In our earliest sources, Buddha, Confucius, and Lao Tzu of the Far East, at least from the U.S. here, closer to you, Pat, but in the Far East, Buddha, Confucius, and Lao Tzu, in the beginning, the earliest sources, which are not early, but the earliest sources, they're naturalists. They do not believe in a creator God. So you go, oh, well, they claim to be the son of God. Uh, no, they don't have a creator God. And the Buddhist sources, the Eastern sources, are the ones that say that. Okay, number two, he's the only founder of a major religion who said that the kingdom of God is my central teaching. He says it over and over again, seek ye first the kingdom of God. He says the kingdom of God is the center of his message, and what you do with him determines whether you'll make it there or not. So there's this kingdom coming. You want to go? Well, I got the keys. 
All right, that's three, counting the first one I started with. Okay, four, only founder of a religion who performed miracles, and here's the key, performed miracles which are recorded within a generation. The only one who recorded, who, who uh, has miracles recorded of him in a generation. Okay, five, he's the only one who said that his death was central for our salvation. He's the only one who said, what you do with me determines where you spend eternity. So it's going to be a key there because if his death is, if his death is the key, then, you know, what you do with him is going to be where you spend eternity. So that puts those two together. Six, this one I acknowledge is a little more debatable. It's the only one that's really debatable a little bit. That is, uh, Jesus is the only founder who taught that pain and evil were both real and included at the very center of the gospel. In other words, Christianity doesn't dodge the existence of evil, doesn't call it illusion, doesn't say, you know, whatever. But not only does it, not only does Christianity say it's real, it's part of the gospel. Well, what do you mean? Well, it's the center of Christianity. Well, okay, but how do you mean that? Well, the gospel if you let the New Testament define it, God's side of the gospel, God's side, you know, the historical facts, are that Jesus claimed to be deity. We already mentioned that. He died on the cross. We already mentioned that. And he was raised from the dead. Well, if the gospel of Mark is true, and it's pretty well believed that Mark's right here, that Jesus really said this. Jesus said, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? That is evil. Crucifixion is evil. What happened in the garden the uh, sweat drops of blood and so on, that's evil. But you can't divorce it from Christianity because it's the heart of the gospel. It's why Jesus died. So then the last two, seven and eight, Jesus is the only founder of a major religion who predicted his resurrection ahead of time. He didn't just rise from the dead. He told everybody he was going to. I mean, in Mark alone, he does it like five times. In the gospel of Mark alone. And most, you say, well, that's just according to your gospel again. Well, what if I gave you a list of agnostic and atheist and Jewish, non-Christian Jewish, New Testament scholars who believe Jesus predicted his resurrection. I can do that. I'll give you a list. And lastly, he's easily the only founder of a major world religion who is believed by his Orthodox followers to be raised from the dead, because that's not even taught of any other major founder. Uh, you know, there's no major religious group, say, you know, take anybody, Buddha, Confucius, Muhammad, Moses, David. In fact, the New Testament makes a big deal of the fact that David didn't come back to life, but Jesus did. So the fact of the resurrection separates Christianity from all the other religions because it would argue, since dead men don't do anything, if Jesus rose from the dead, that means what Jesus said, that his father acted on him. For what reason? Because he's a heretic? Uh, hardly. Because what he taught was true. And if these eight things are true, you've got Christianity. This is the heart of Christianity. So there's eight areas where Jesus is unique as compared to any other founder. Yes, let's take a look at some of these. For example, Jesus taught his own deity. You know, well, you have skeptics there saying, well, there's no passage you can point into the Gospels where Jesus says, you know, I am God, where he clearly says that, hey, everybody, I am God. I am the creator of the universe. There's no verse that's, like that. That's true. But that's not the only way you can say, I'm deity. Now, notice I'm using the word deity instead of saying, 
I'm God, because number one, he doesn't say I'm God, and number two, I'm using deity because the New Testament distinguishes him from the Father. He can have a divine nature, Jesus now, he can have a divine nature, but not be the same person as God. You know, the Christian view of the Trinity, people say, well, three doesn't equal one. But you have to know what Christians say is the three and what Christians say is the one. Christians, Orthodox Christianity says flat out that there are three persons in the Trinity, but only one divine essence, only one divine nature. But I say deity because is the favorite names for him in the New Testament are Lord, Son of God, and also Messiah. We've run out of time. Thank you for joining us here on Evidence and Answers radio broadcast. We hope you enjoyed today's show. If you would like Pat to speak at your church, Bible study, or perhaps hold an apologetics conference, give him a call locally in Hawaii. That number is 483-0586. Or you may contact him through the Evidence and Answers website. That's evidenceandanswers.org. To keep broadcasts like Pat's on the air, we rely on generous support from you, our listeners. For the opportunity to donate, head on over to our website. That's evidenceandanswers.org, and you may do so right there online on the homepage. You'll also find we have a wide variety of resources available to you, including articles and additional audio for you to listen to or download. Join us again next time on the air or online as we provide compelling reasons for faith in Christ. That's Evidence and Answers with Pat Zucran. 